I know, well, it's because your mic's down, so that when I do the, my plinko, it is solid and there's no sucking, and it's it's the first thing people hear. And then I pot you up. Don't worry, you don't miss a thing. Three, two. My name is Cadillac Jack. I joined Atlanta Radio when I was 19 years old, put in a loyal 26 years. Welcome to my second act. It's a podcast where we talk about things already on your mind. Conversations you're already having, family and friends, about current events and pop culture, music, plus personal stuff, revealing stories about marriage, parenting, and personal growth. We celebrate our wins and learn from our losses here on the podcast. Donna. My name's Donna. I'm Kenny's wife. Hi, Donna. So you know how I love um, like reviews and stuff? Like I've talked about like food reviews on Uber Eats and all this kind of stuff. Sure. Okay. This is the craziest thing. So I ordered or I was going to order this. Okay. Like if you're scrolling on Instagram lately, I am deluged with ads. I'm sure everyone is like buy this. And some of them look pretty good, you know, but as I've told you before, like, especially on the clothes, you have to almost go to the site to make sure that number one, they're in the United States because the clothes come like Barbie clothes otherwise. So I was going to, I was going to order this brow pencil from this company. Cause I'm like, Oh, it looks really what, good. What is that? I don't know what that is. It just like help fills in your brows when you like overplucked in the eighties, which I did because Madonna did. And we all should want to be like Madonna in the eighties. But anyway, so anyways, I was going to order this brow from this company called Glossier. And I thought, okay, well, I'm going to check out a couple of the reviews just to see like if it's any count. Okay. So I'm scrolling through the reviews and like the reviews are pretty good. And then I get to this one review and I'm like, there is no way that that is a real review. Because it was so positive. Just listen to this. Okay. You ready? So here's the review. Oh my gosh. Five star review. Like, this is the kind of five-star review we need for the podcast. Okay, ready? I wore this to a music festival. I'm like, okay, I like that. And it stayed on through infinite sweat there. After the festival, I got hit by a car on the side of the road. And after getting pulled out from under a car and going to the hospital, the only intact part of my makeup when I left the hospital was this brow product. What? That's a statement. That's an endorsement. I believe that. Yeah. I believe that. You could make that up. What? Yeah, and the company wouldn't make that up, I don't think. But, but I mean, like, now everybody's like, we don't want to hear about, we don't really care about the brow liner. Like, what happened to this person? Were they at Coachella? Were they walking too close? Were they drunk? Were they walking too close to the road? Is there a username that you can reach out to or anything? No, but she gave it a five-star review. And it's like, see less? Well, no, I want to see more. I want to see more of this review. This is the... Cra- I just, because I kept reading it, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. She went to a music festival. Yeah, okay, yep, 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 yep. After the festival, I got hit by a car on the side of the road. And after getting pulled out from under a car and going to the hospital, the only intact part of my makeup when I left the hospital was this brow product. I mean, if that doesn't say it's worth the $9.95, I don't know what is. But, like, did you lose your legs? Were you bloody? What happened? What was your copay? Seriously. What questions would you have? Millions. I have millions. Where were you? How did you get hit by a car? Did the person stop? Was it a hit and run? Who did was you, the best act at the music festival? Whatever. Did the person you're with help you? Did you hook up? No, no, no. Did the person leave you that you're with on the side of the road? Were they like, oh, I'm, I want to go back and see the music. Sorry that you got hit by a car. Like, what happened? How long did you have to stay? How were you treated? Was the person that hit you charged with vehicular, attempt of vehicular homicide, a la 
Jay Barker. Okay. We're going to go there top of the episode? No, but I'm just saying, like, I have a million questions. I have a million questions for that story, and I have a million questions for this review. So, you know what I did? I ordered it. I'm like, the hell with this. When's it supposed to be here? Uh, in a week, I guess. But I'm just like, for the love of God, I mean, if this product held, if, this, if this product kept your brow on for all that, then I'm ready. Get, send it to me. But I mean, it's just hilarious. I'm just casually scrolling reviews and this comes up. I'm like, and then I thought, do you think they put that review in there like just to kind of like knock you off your game? Almost like a palate cleanser? I don't think so. Okay. I think that's a true story. All right. It's got to be. Yeah. It's got to be. Okay. Well, here's what we're going to start the top of the episode off with. Can we talk about this situation going on in this yeah. semi-studio? What's wrong with it? Well, okay, first of all, this is our spare bedroom. That used to be Will, our 22-year-old's bedroom. And it still has some of his signed baseballs and a couple of drawers that, that I probably wouldn't open. But, and his little bed and everything. But you have, we've we sort of made it our little satellite studio, app yeah. and two. Well, that and I do the radio show from here most days. Not yeah. all, but some days. I'm on the south side quite a bit. But. Yeah, the Candlelight Jack Enterprises are held here in this spare bedroom. You have one, two, uh, three, we're not doing this. four, we're not doing this. five, we're not doing this. six soda cans, seven soda cans. You have... This, this, uh, this two weeks worth. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eleven Reese peanut butter cups wrappers. They're, they're the small ones that are single serving. Okay. And you have a, a box. Laptop. Laptop. A laptop and a box of lemon... Mini bunk cakes. Okay, the reason why is I was doing a bit. No kidding, I was doing a bit on the radio, and I, I, I told you about this bit about how I ate, I bought a Whitman sampler in in mid January for myself and ate it on the way home, and that's a true story. Yeah, I saw that. I saw the empty so heart box. I needed to recreate that for the radio show, and I couldn't find. I think you probably because you're so neurotic. I think you probably took my heart box to to the trash when I needed it as a prop for the noise and for the sound. And so I needed to recreate that sound, that noise on the radio show. And so I went down to the pantry and grabbed something that would sound similar. The mini bunt cakes. I didn't eat them all. But I kept seeing, like, a, there's like a mini bunt cake rack burr over here on the floor. Probably so. Probably so. What else? What else you got? That's it. I mean, I'm just like, what is going on? How, how, how does this affect you, though? In what way? It doesn't. Your day-to-day, your day-to-day being. It doesn't really. I just worry about like that's a lot of sodas. That's two, that most of them are sprites. There's no caffeine, and that's about three weeks worth. Two, two, three, four, four weeks worth. Okay, why are you doing this? I'm not. I'm just like I just noticed when I came up here, and I'm like, what is going on up here? And it looks like somebody's been sleeping in the bed. You want, you want me to tell that story? Please. We'd all like to hear that one. It's your daughter's boyfriend. Oh. No. Yeah, it is. Okay. That's right. where he sleeps when he, he stays over. Okay. No, I don't. Yeah, okay. That's not. All right. <sighs> well, good thing he's there. Is this some of your, like, free bumper music? Royalty-free music. I love it. I'm always combing for content, specifically for the south side of Atlanta, for the radio show on the Bear 985. And I was at dinner the other night in Palmetto, Georgia, a place called uh, Frankie's Italian Restaurant. It's inside of Chevron. What? I kid you not. I told Trudy. I said, Trudy, if if Donna, 
if I said to Donna, we're going to go eat great Italian, and it was probably one of the best Italian meals I've ever had. We're going to go to this place called Frankie's. Don't worry about it. Get in the car. Let's go. We pull up. You'd be like, uh, no. No, that's not necessarily it true. Is, it is. No. I told Trudy that. Because Trudy's, Kev, Kevin, Trudy's husband won't eat there either. Oh, boy. Here's my thing. Now, I will go to, uh, what's it called? Frank's. Frank's. I will go to Frank's as long as it's over a 91. I don't think that you would eat inside a Chevron. I would. I don't think so. We are classified. As dirty. We often get explicit ratings. I'm all right with that. We're classified as a news and entertainment podcast by Apple. We are also classified as a music podcast. And that works out well. Because I have been in country radio since I was 15 years old. And I'm a fan of country music, first and foremost. And I love to share stories about artists and songs and behind-the-scenes stuff and backstage stories from years past. Together, we Don and I have 40 years combined in country radio. Kind of old. I learned something this week about one of my favorite songs of all time by one of my favorite artists of all time that I wanted to share because I was, I was blown away by this, the story. But after... 26 years, I've about heard them all, I thought, you know? And it has to do with a hit released back in 96. It was her first single, and it went to number one. The artist is Dina Carter. The song is Strawberry Wine. It's a song about your first love. It's a song about losing one's innocence like Abigail did, and Taylor was 15. Mm. And Taylor ratted Abigail out. Ridiculous. She's going to the Western Sizzler with her parents, and Taylor's 15 comes on the radio, and Taylor's singing about Abigail, giving it up. Yep. Gave parents, it away. No, she gave it away. pull over in their Kia. They're like, Abigail, do you have something to tell us? She's and Abigail's like, God damn you, Taylor Swift. Damn you, Taylor Swift. It's not me. She's like, it's not me. I don't know what she's talking about. There's another Abigail, Mom. Yeah, it's not me. Dad, what are you thinking? Taylor has a couple of friends that are named Abigail. The story is this. Dina Carter wrote that song about her first love, her first love in high school. And you know this guy. I know this guy. And I had never heard this story before. If you are unfamiliar with Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift, Dina Carter, God, I loved her. Remember when Did I Shave My Legs for This came out and you could get the special edition hologram version? You'd turn it upside down, if you, if sideways. You, if you turned it just right, the sun's coming in from the east, and you spun it just right, you could see her, her socks. You had to hold it just right, though. The hit to Dina Carter, and then three clips from her first love that she wrote this song about from three TV shows that he's in. Are you ready, Donna? I'm ready. Dina Carter, here are here here are some of her hits. Danced anyway, Dina Carter. There's the title track right there. Uh-huh. And a ballad. God, I loved her back in the day. And strawberry wine. Like strawberry All right, this guy also had a big role in season three of The Office. You leverage your new position with us into another offer? Damn it. 
damn it, Josh, this whole restructuring thing was based around keeping you. I... I'm sorry, all right? It's done. It's done. He also plays Ward in the Netflix hit Outer Banks. Ward's still out there. I can clear my name, and this can all be over in one shot. If you think there is anything, I wouldn't do it. You haven't been paying attention. And he plays the love interest of Raina James on the show Nashville. You know what else? What? Oh. <laughs> I also think that you are... Okay, all right. Um, very, very... I really want to watch this. Very sexy. Mm. So, we're, all right, listen, we're having some technical problems, it appears. Here. Time. Right. We're going to have to, uh, we're going to have to stop that. Mm. Didn't you love Raina James? Didn't you love their relationship? I did. In Nashville? I thought it was one of the best relationships in TV, TV show history. Yes, I love him. Charles Esten is the target for Dina Carter's strawberry wine. But he is not, again, just so we can make sure everybody's clear, he is not in Little Big Town. Was there, was there a question that he was? A lot of people get him confused with Jimmy. Jimmy. You mm-hmm. know what? He looks like Jimmy. I never thought about that. Yeah. So Dina was deflowered by Charles Esten, who plays Ward on... Outer Banks on Netflix. He played, uh, you heard the clip from The Office, Josh Porter in season three. And he had a very important storyline, story arc, because they, they they had to shut down, or were going to shut down the, um, like a particular branch. And then Deacon on Nashville. I don't know what he's doing now. Everybody remembers him from Deacon. As Deacon. I just, I just I, I, I'd never heard that story before. Me either. That's all I got. What do you got? Well, remember the other day when I was talking about, uh, I added Old Dominion to the playlist on Tuesday's episode. And there was a little bit of confusion, which there often is when I'm involved. And I thought that, or you were talking about like the old album with, um, what was it called? With the Needlepoint. Ah, I'll look it up. I'll look it up. Continue to talk. Well, anyways, um, the song that I added, No Hard Feelings, is the new single. And it's off their new album. I just want to clear this up, which is Time to Kill on Therapy. I wasn't thinking about it being their new album. But I thought it was kind of cool. They, um, so they did a three-week uh, working retreat last year in Asheville. And it was the five guys in Shane McAnally who, um, and Trevor Rosen who wrote most of the songs with them. Sometimes bands will bring writers with them. Um, to write and so that's what they did they kind of hold up in uh, Asheville and um, so Matthew who is you know Matthew because he's like the lead singer for Old Dominion um, so what he said about the new single No Hard Feelings was he said we sat down and what we got was you know a breakup song about someone trying to move through it and just you know all the stages of grief really that you have to go through until you get to the point where you truly have no hard feelings and you can say I want you to be happy I love you listen I wish it was me do I wish it was me hell yeah but it's not, and I've got no hard feelings. So I just wanted to kind of clear that up because I think I confuse some people because there is a new Old Dominion album out. And I will tell you now that I'm kind of like... What's the name of the song? Uh, no Hard Feelings. That's one I added on the last playlist. But I think because I'm not actively in country radio, I hear songs, and I think this happens to a lot of people. I have no idea what album or project they're related to. You know? Like, when I was when I was at a radio for two years, I was in that. I was. It's kind of weird, yeah. and I don't. I mean, I don't mean this lightly. I don't want ever pe- people to think that I like never like research anything. It's not even that. It's just that. And we were talking about this the other day. How long it takes for like a single to make it to number one? 
30, 38 weeks. Is that, that a new project could almost jump an old single getting to number one. Like, it's kind of crazy the length of time that it takes. Is it? Yeah. I love them. I do I just got a notification from YouTube that up from Luke Bryan is playing next, so let's wrap this up. Yeah, I love that one too. Oh, since I turn it off. Yes. It's a new single. They had Meat and Candy. That's right. An album. And then the cross-stitch one is Happy Endings. Ah, oh, that's right. Happy Endings. There's a story behind that one as well. Yeah, I love... Literally I, about a happy ending. I, I like that new Luke Bryan song. I think you know, it's, about, it's about his brother and his grandparents and everything looking up. What kind of hardened heart person doesn't like well, that I mean, one? We were talking a minute ago about um, Thomas Rhett doing... Uh, he has some new music coming out, and one of them is a song with, uh, that's a duet with Katy Perry. I haven't heard it yet, but I'm wondering if it's going to... Because I loved the Kenny Chesney pink... Um, I heard that the other day. Actually, I played it. Yeah. For, on the Bear, 92.5 here in Atlanta. And I had not heard that song. We have it on it, our playlist. It, it came up in my music log. And I was I listened to it. And I'm like, wow. Setting a, the world on fire. What a great song. I hadn't heard that in forever. Yeah, it really is. So um, there's a lot of new good music out. But I'm telling you, it is hard if you are not actively... I don't know. And I think, too, it's like with streaming services, like music isn't tied. You know, I think that probably, if I had to say, that is the biggest challenge. Because when you used to buy CDs, like way, way back, kiddos, in like the dinosaur days, or like an album, can you imagine? But especially like CDs. I mean, music was very definitely tied to a project. And it had this, the cover of the CD that yeah. you would snap open you and close. You knew where it came from. Absolutely. And now, you like... Like Luke Combs releases a song every other day. On, on Instagram. Well, and it even become confusing to even me. Even beside that, because I consumer. because I listen to so much music on Spotify and other channels, it doesn't even come up what the I mean, because it could be a playlist that somebody comprised, or maybe it's like Saturday SEC playlist or whatever you're listening to, and there's no even relation to what album anything's from. So I'm just there's no substance to it. Yeah, Here, here's what's going on with country yeah. radio. I had this conversation with a friend of mine who works for a record label in Nashville. And they told me, they said, listen, country music, country radio specifically, was the last format that was truly a, an artist-driven format. I'm going to pop my beer. Okay. My natty. And you agree with that, right? I'm just kidding. It's a Sprite. Country, country radio, country music has, has always been an artist-driven format, meaning if you were in the top tier of artists, it didn't matter what the hell you put out, country radio was going to play it. 100%. Talking Kenny Chesney's. Luke Tim Bryan, Taylor, stuff like that. Now it's shifting to a song-driven format, like pop radio and CHR radio has been forever, meaning we don't care how many albums you sold. We don't care how many concert tickets you sold. If it's a good song, we're going to play it. If it's a bad song, we don't care who put it out. We're not going to play it. But don't you think that makes more sense, really? I do. I do. But I think that for, 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 the, uh, for some artists that shall remain nameless. They're going to get lost in the show. I think that it's going to be very difficult for them to yeah. embrace the fact that country radio no longer is just going to play any piece of crap that you put out because you are who you are artist name here. Yeah. No, that's true. That is true because that is how country has operated for so long yeah. that if you had kind of earned your seat at the table, anything you put out. Yeah. Anything power goes. rotation. Number so one. True. Heavy, heavy, heavy rotation. 
But then there are certain artists who found their seat at the table, a la Eric Church and a couple of other people, through different ways, and radio never embraced them in the beginning. And it worked out. Yeah. Because they've done their own thing. It's going to be very interesting to watch. Country radio specifically is a format. Yeah. In the coming couple of years to see who, who stands the test of time and who doesn't. There was a conversation we had during a recent episode about Morgan Wallen playing the Grand Ole Opry with uh, Ernest. A surprise appearance for Morgan. Hadn't been to the Opry, played the Opry since 2017 when he made his debut. We were having a conversation about uh, what is asked of you as an artist when you join the Grand Ole Opry as far as performances and things. And we mentioned Mark Wills, who is always, always playing the Opry. Anytime he can. So I sent him a text. And I just asked him the question that we, we asked. I said, uh, in the pot episode released this week, we talk about the Opry. I need new glasses. Mm. And the scuttlebutt from some regarding Morgan Wallen being there Saturday night with Ernest. Donna had a good question. Isn't there an expectation from the Opry to members that they come back and perform a certain number of times each year? Uh, he got back to me. And he sent me a text that says, uh, first of all, neither Morgan Wallen nor Ernest are members, which we knew that. Yes, as a member, we are expected to try to play as often as we can. Certain artists play more than others, but that's a personal choice. I try to play at least once a month. So from what I gather from the text, and I didn't follow up, is there's not a certain number. I thought that there was. Three, three, four performances a year, once a quarter, but maybe not. I think, I mean, maybe there used to be. I think it's kind of good that they leave it up to the artists, that it's suggested that you come back and play as much as you can or that, you know, because I think sometimes when you do that, like, it, I don't know how to explain it. Like, it would make the artists feel like they need to do it more than saying, okay, here's a contract and you must, here are the four dates you must do. Because then they're kind of playing because they have to do it. You know, they have to meet that criteria. But to say to someone, like, listen, you know, this is something that we hope you want to do and, you know, it, it benefits the Opry. So just come and play as much as you want. You almost kind of feel like, dang, I need to move, move around my schedule. Or if you, you know, if you're a nice person, you would and say, I got to get up there and play as much as I can. And kudos to Mark Wills. Cause he does, he, he's, you know, he's up there usually once a month doing, doing a show. Let's add some music to the Spotify hype song playlist. I'm going with the, well, you go first. Now. No, you go first. Uh, Dina Carter from Did I Shave My Legs oh. for This? Count Me In. Oh, that's a good one. Mm. That's the ballad you heard in the clips a moment ago. You that's can a good count one. me in. I loved her. We know. We've talked about God, it in previous episodes. God dang, I loved her. I think I made her nervous. We've talked about this. Yeah. You did. Right. Okay. Go like ahead. you would show up at everywhere she was playing. And she won't would, return text messages. It would be odd. Like it was just odd. I thought it would be great to have her on the podcast having this conversation to get her story about being deflowered by Charles Eston. Okay, and we don't didn't. know that, she, number one, she was deflowered. And You're taking the song very literally. Well, but yeah, but I mean, we've talked about, like, there was one time when she was doing, like, she did something in Atlanta, I think for us, at the radio station that we both worked at. And then that night she had, oh, then that afternoon she had something. Anderson and you were there. Mm -hmm. And then that night she, she had something. And you were there. there. It's like, it's a lot. It was a private show at the Marriott next door. Yeah, it's just, a, it's a lot. And you kind of run out of, like, the person, the artist runs out of things to say to you. They're like, hey, oh, it's you. Okay. You're back. Yeah. Don't you need to go home? 
And then like you make a weird like comment like, I know you think I'm stalking you. And she's like, no, Uh, I don't. And like she has those big (laughs) teeth. She has those like big shiny white teeth. She's like, no, I don't, Caddy. And she's like, he's a creep. All right. What song you got there? Um, Okay. So this is like Strong Women Week. I'm adding the new Mary Morris. Um, It's called Circles Around This Town. It is a great song. Oh, my gosh. It's such a good song. I had heard it. I've seen a lot about it. I had heard it. It's really good. Um, And the new album is called um, Humble Quest. It's not coming out until March. I thought it was very interesting. Like, because when it said Humble Quest, I'm like, what is that? Is that like, like, you know, like you go like to the, used to be those places like at Disney where like you would, they didn't have rides, but you just did all the 3D stuff like Vision Quest or like. And I'm like, what is this? What does that mean? This album? Like, what's the whole point of this humble quest? And she it was very interesting. The whole conversation. She said uh, during the pandemic that she said, what do you write when the show can't go on? When literally the show stops. And uh, she said, you know, everyone was in the kind of the same situation, no matter what you were doing for a living, like conditions were hopeless. Um, and she wasn't in control. And not being in control, as we know, for some people is a really, uh, it's a trigger. So um, she had just had her baby, and she said, you know, my body wasn't snapping back. I had no control over that. And she said, every day my control descended into quiet, unmeasured chaos inside the same four walls. She felt fear, but she also felt relief from realizing that she was actually never in control, which is so true. People talk about it all the time. Like, if you think you're in control, just sit back. Um. So she said she started taking notes, and she wrote her album. But where the title came out from Humble Quest was that she said she found the word humble, the word humble perplexing. And she asked herself, she asked herself if she was humble. And she said she learned she was humble by the pandemic, but also by life experiences, um, including being too outspoken, being a new mom, and the death of a friend. So I just thought it was really interesting. Um, looks like she had done some, like, soul searching there but like a lot of people did yeah the during the pandemic but it is a great song um so i'm going to add that it's been i think the most added at country radio for two weeks in the first week she got 100 ads yeah, and that, that rarely ever ever happens to, to, to break three figures yeah it's really good so you two know, strong women average song probably gets i mean a great solid song from an a-lister maybe gets uh 60 would probably be a high number of ads first week she got 100 over 100 yep Good stuff. All right, where do they find the Hype Song playlist? Ah, so it is called Cadillac and Donna Trace. T-R-E-S, Trey. Or is it Trey or Trace? Tell me. Trace would be T-R-A-C-E, so it's Trey. Got Actually, it. can you Got say it like till. that? It's kind of Trey. Does Loretta Lynn tweet herself? Mm. And I, by, by does, uh, Loretta probably tweets, but I mean, like using her, her social media account, her Twitter account. I think she probably has someone that does it for her. Well, she has to because she put out, Loretta tweeted a 280 character what message it was two two individual tweets so you think somebody does it for well I bet that would take days for Loretta but I would think that 80 characters yeah but I mean for it to be that long I would almost have to think that it would be like somebody would have to ask her what do you think and she basically says it and then someone turns it into a tweet Honestly, like maybe they voice record her and then sort of like edit it down to a tweet. The tweet was about the passing of Ralph Emery, Very sad. who was a pioneer in country broadcasting and broadcasting just overall. I remember growing up watching TNN, the national network, and Ralph Emery 
had a show every night, like a, a talk show at prime time, eight o'clock. It was like a Johnny Carson type and show. You see the Judds on there. You'd yep. see, you know, all the, the you know from the eighties and nineties. And they'd sit in those chairs, like beside him. Yep. Had a set just like a you know just like Fallon does now, or Leno or Carson back in the day. Loretta tweeted, "He was a national original, and you cannot underestimate the role he played in the growth and success of country music. He made you feel at ease and interviewed everyone just like an old friend." From WSM to Nashville now, he was one of the best. He became a dear friend to me and do, which is her, uh, Loretta's husband that, that passed. Through the years, and I'm going to miss him, I wish we could sit down together for a talk just one more time. I'm sending all my love to Joy and his family, hashtag legend. Very well said. Very good. Yeah, she had to have some sort of say in that. I'm sorry. There's just no way she didn't. We're country music heavy this episode, but that's all right, I think, right? Well, yeah. We love country music. Uh, let's talk about the, uh, right there at the top of page two. I want to be careful with this. Sarah Evans and Jay Barker have been married since 2008, I think. They were both divorced. Uh, Jay Barker is the former standout Alabama quarterback who won a national championship Alabama back in the day. Sarah Evans is a country star artist. 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 Hi, so it's Cadillac checking in. We're going to stop the tape right now. This is episode 220 of the Cadillac Jack My Second Act podcast. We generally have a no edit rule, meaning once we get into the studio and the, and the, and the mics are on and they're hot and we're recording that whatever you say you're going to have to live with. During the two plus years, I can count on a hand and a half, less than six times, that that something has been removed from an episode after production. I decided after we recorded this episode of the Cadillac Jack, my second act podcast, that I didn't feel comfortable with the conversation about Sarah Evans and her husband, Jay Barker. If you're not familiar with the story, if it's not on your radar, put a Google on it. It's a horrifying, terrifying story. At the time we began recording this episode that you're listening to right now, the only thing we had to go on was a police report, which had become public knowledge. You know, um, everybody had access to it. Sarah Evans had told a little bit of her story. We had not heard, though, from Jay Barker. As soon as we got done recording this episode, as I was going downstairs, I noticed that on Twitter, or maybe it was Instagram, that Jay Barker um, had released a statement. I went to the kitchen, and I sat down, and I read it. And it made me think, you know, I'm not comfortable with the conversation that we just had after reading this post from Jay Barker that basically said, it's very easy to listen to the first story told and to run with it and just assume that the first story is the way that everything happened. That's not always the case. So I've chosen to remove the entire conversation about Sarah Evans and her husband, Jay Barker, from this, uh, from this episode of the podcast. Now, what we're going to do is fast forward through all of this, and uh, we're going to just pretend like it never, never happened. So just look away, okay? All right, and here we'll go back to uh, the, the regularly scheduled podcast episode. Let's talk about how you can be rocking the night away in your very own pair of American-made genuine, genuine, Hankel Rockers from the Hankel Rocking Chair Company. 
established in 1883. Eight generations of Hankles. What do you think about the Hinkle family, Donna? I'll tell you what, they know how to do a freaking rocker. They do. And they'll make a, like, a sturdy, sturdy rocker. I just think this is a great way to, you know, that's the thing I love about Donna and anybody we work with is they're so, she comes to us and says, isn't it time to do a giveaway? Don't want to do something for everybody? And she came up with, you know, the idea, and we're making it super easy on you. Like we said last time, you don't have to, like, sit by your phone. You don't have to wait for us to call your name. That's the great thing about podcasting, You don't too. have to hold your pee to win a we. Exactly. Oh, was that, a, that was, was that a contest? You don't remember that? There were lawsuits. People died. There was somebody that died. From, from holding their pee-pee? Yeah. Google, put a Google on that. I'd rather not. It was in California somewhere years um, ago. Remember when people used to have to put, keep their hand on the car? Mm-hmm. And the last person, like, you would have to live. And then the car or dealership the, was like. the ice. Oh, my gosh. But the car dealerships were like, we don't want these people living in our showroom anymore. Like, you know, because somebody was not going to give up to win yeah, this, no, like, The greatest station like, well, sorry, listen, we have rules in the small yeah. print, and we didn't know it was going to take 93 days until everybody but one person gave up, but that's where we are, so. Right. Order some more wings. Right. All you have to do is like Gallery Furniture on Instagram, watch a very well-produced and informative two-minute iMovie including clips from one of the most downloaded episodes of the Cadillac Check My Second Act podcast in 2021, which was uh, the episode about, uh, it was titled A Brief History About the Wolfman, A Brief History of the Wolfman, that we recorded live on location at Gallery back in July of 2021. Who produced that iMovie? Uh, Cadillac Jack. Fantastic. I've He's heard great things about now. him. He's got a side gig right now. If you, if you want me to come over and film you and then make a movie with you, I'm your man. What's that mean? Watch the video. You'll learn how you can win. Two Georgia Bulldog red with the uh, rockers with a Georgia emblem on them, and you can rock the night away. From Gallery Furniture, 1600 Browns, Bridgewater, Gainesville. Ask for the Wolfman. Ask for Donna. Ask for forgiveness. Cadillac Jack, my second night podcast. We're celebrating the Natty. National win from your Georgia Bulldogs. We're burning the boats, baby, and That's we're coming right. back. Go, dogs. Right. That's right, Thank Kirby you. Smart. Burning the boats, baby. That's going to be my new thing. Here What's we that? go, Kirby. We're burning the boats. What does that mean? Um, it's a, it's a, from a war, if I recall. The, we're the, burning the boats. Yeah, that it was something. Uh, put a Google on both those things, and we'll okay. catch up with you later in the episode. Oh, me? Uh, me personally? Okay. It's, it's you and me, babe. Okay. And I'm running the switches and the buttons and the <laughs> tinkers and the tweakers. Right? No, but I mean, like, you're going to catch back up with me? I love that. Burning the boats. It has something to do. There's, I've read the story. I've heard, I've heard the quote before. It has to do with, we're not going back. We're going to burn the boats so that we can't. We, got, oh, we have I no see. choice. But okay, to here win. we go. I've got it. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. I put a, go- I put a goggle on it. This is a variation of burning one's bridges and alludes to certain famous incidents where a commander, having landed in a hostile country, ordered his men to destroy their ships so that they would have to conquer the country or be killed. Damn it! That's right. Dang it! I'm in it. That's my new thing. Oh yeah, we're burning the boats, baby. And we're elite. If you are not a dog fan, we're not going to continue to talk about the dogs every episode. We're just like, it's just a little afterglow from the natty. Although I have also heard that some of the dogs do not like it being called the natty. They want the full name. That's a personal preference. Yeah. All right. I'm getting pinged from another room that evidently somehow, and I, I really don't know how, that I have reset up restrictions on one child's phone where they can't like do anything past 10 o'clock and i'm like wow what did i do i don't know how i didn't even know how i did that well, it's gotta be the 15 year old she's like can you turn it off i'm like i don't know how i turned it on 
she's want me to put a Google on that. Well, I think we're done here. What were you going to tell my story? Oh, yes. Okay, I'm sorry, Donna. I'm sorry. My goodness. This is a good story. Listen, I cried. And, and, and I mean that. I did. When you, when you told me the story two days ago, because I remember when it happened. I, I maybe once or twice wondered what happened to the person. And then you came home and shared it with me after you learned out, after you learned that you had a visit from his mother at the store. Yeah. To, to thank you for your kindness. And, and yeah, I, when you were telling me the story, I called both of the girls in. We have an 18-year-old daughter who's a senior in high school. Olivia, we have a 15-year-old daughter who is a sophomore in high school. You told me the story, and the girls, I think we were in the kitchen. The girls walk into the kitchen, and uh, they were wanting to turn around and go back up to the rooms, like all teenagers do. And I said, no, no. I said, I, I said you didn't see this, but I signaled to them, and I gave them the look, and I said, down. You need to hear this, because um, the kindness, and I know this about you, and we pick and we joke, and we, 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 we have fun, and we're silly, but I know that you are the most kind person in the world. And what you did a year ago for this particular person um, doesn't surprise me at all. Well, let's be really clear. The story is not about me. No, it's not. It's not. But it's not what it's about. All right. All right, Kirby Smart. Well, I know, but it's really not. I just, um, this is just a, this is a really, this is one of those situations where, I firmly believe in like intuition and stuff because this person who I met one time has probably crossed my mind 10, 15 times in just random ways. Like I don't even know how to describe it. But what happened was um, probably last uh, June or July, I was working, I work in a store, in a retail store, I manage a retail store. And I was working in the store and it was late, um, probably like eight o'clock and I was getting ready to close. And this guy came in and he had this adorable Dalmatian puppy. I mean, the cutest little puppy. And you know, I love dogs. And so he brought the dog in and he was kind of looking around and shopping and, you know, good looking kid. I mean, probably in his like twenties, thirties, probably thirties, maybe late twenties. And, um, so we were talking because I talk to everybody. I'll talk to a tree. Um, and he said, we were talking about some things that just like, you know, where do you live? All, uh, anyways, just talking. And he said, um, I have like a really interesting life story. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I love interesting life stories. And he, the puppy was running around and he said, are you okay if we close the door to the store? Because I don't want the puppy to run out. But also I don't, want you to feel weird about me closing the door with the story I'm about to tell you. And as I sit here and think about this, normally I would probably have not closed the door, you know, because it, I didn't know this guy from Adam. So he, we closed the door and the puppy was running around and we were talking and he um, told me that he um, had become addicted to painkillers at a very young age, um, like in middle school. Um, after he had had some surgery done, um, as a lot of people do, he had taken a couple of painkillers. And obviously, when you can't get painkillers after that, you move on to harder drugs. And a lot of times people move on to heroin, unfortunately. And he had a really tough go. And then he was involved in an incident down at, um, at a college at Georgia Tech. 
I'm not going to go in particulars because I know that there are some people who will know who this person is. But at any rate, um, it was a very well-publicized case. And he ended up as a very young person being incarcerated for 15 years. Um, He ultimately helped write his own appeal in jail and um, was let out early. And when he left jail, he um, started to kind of try to turn his life around. So the crux of the story with me and him was that he was saying he was having a really hard time finding a full-time job. He had just had a baby, and he um, was working on a company where people who came out of rehab would be able to get, um, would have a place to live, and they would help them find jobs because it's very hard for people once they have that social stigma or that real stigma to find anybody who would hire them other than you know, a lot of these people had real careers. They weren't just necessarily bad people, um, but they couldn't find jobs where they made any money. So he was saying to me, would you ever hire someone who'd been incarcerated? And I said, maybe. I said, you know, I'd have to, it would depend on the person. And, have, and he wasn't asking me for a job. He was just, we were just talking about this type of thing. And so we had a long conversation and he told me about his mom and his parents and his dad and how it had just been so hard on them and they had really lobbied for, um, a better system for people who had been incarcerated. He was incarcerated at such a young age that there was no real reform that, you know, it just nothing, there was no change. There's no great change for people like that sometimes. And then coming out of rehab, how much money his parents had spent. He came from a really nice suburb of um, North Atlanta, by all means, great kid, you know, as happens a lot. Um, Not your typical kid that would get addicted to heroin end up in jail, and come out of jail. So anyway, we had a great conversation, and it was just very positive. And I told him, I said, listen, just keep your head up. And he said, I'm going to look, you know, I'm going to keep looking. And if in four or five months I haven't found anything, I'm going to come back by, and maybe you'll be ready to hire me. And I said, maybe so. And so he left. And a couple of times after that, I would just like, not, not think about him, but I don't know, it just crossed my mind. And I came home that night after our encounter, and I was telling you about it, and Then I started kind of Googling because you know how I am. I've got to have all the information, the facts. And I started like really doing a deep dive into the case at Georgia Tech and what had happened and all the stuff. And for the most part, the story lined up with what he told me. There were some things he left out and it was probably better that he did. Um, And it was just fascinating to me. And then fast forward to last, a week, a week ago, um, a woman came into the store and she was probably in like her fifties or whatever. And she Ask one of the kids that works with me. She said, you know, is there a Donna that works here? And he said, oh, she's over there. And she came to me and she said, hey, would you mind stepping outside? And I'm thinking, oh, God, what did I? Like, I gave her back the return she brought in, which I have done, by the way. I've given somebody back their same clothes this week. Um, So we went outside and she said, I just wanted you to know, you don't know me, but um, I'm having dinner with my husband and some friends. And I saw your store and I wanted to walk over. She said, "Um, you were very kind to my son at a really tough time of his life. And he... um, he came home after y'all's encounter and he said, I'm going to find a job. You know, I just feel it because I had this great conversation with this woman. Her name's Donna. This is the store she worked at. And we just talked about life. And he said, she just never judged me the entire time we were talking. And he said, you know, like she probably might've thought that like, I was going to like try to ask her for money or something, you know? And he said, she was just very trustworthy. And so she said, you know, we were just like, yes, well, that's great. And you will find a job. Well, he had gone back to rehab because he had had a, um, a setback and he passed away in rehab. He overdosed. And um, 
she said they found a journal that he had. It was a gratitude journal. Well, if, I, if I can step in here, she she said that they had wanted to get in touch with you and to find you to to thank you for your kindness, but they didn't know anything about you. Right. They until until they found this journal. Yes. A couple of months after he, he, he passed. Yes. And so every day he would write something that he was grateful about. And she said he wrote twice. Like, I just need to find someone like, you know, um, he had kept my business card and he had my full name. And she, he said, you know, and she worked here. And, you know, it just made me believe again that there are good people in the world. And so she just wanted to come and thank me. And it just blew me away. And again, it's not about me. What it was really about is what we talk about all the time on this podcast, and that is you have no idea what people are going through. No idea. And I honestly, like, I don't even know why I stood and talked to him that long and why I wasn't afraid. It was 8 o'clock at night. It was dark outside. I mean, I probably, I mean... Most of you probably listening are like, you're a crazy woman. You know, this could have happened. I do work in a really safe place. There's tons of security and all that stuff. But very out of character for me because I watched so much 2020 that I'm constantly convinced that everyone's trying to kill me. So uh, it was just really out of character. But um, I do believe that things happen for a reason. And I've, I've, I've thought about him a couple of times. And I, um, I just told the mom, I'm just so sorry. I'm so, so sorry. And she said, you know, it's just, she said it was just such a lifelong struggle. And it's kind of like, and I, and what's so weird about it is we talked about addiction and everything on the last couple of podcasts ago. And I was talking about how the family has it so tough. And the thing that she said to me is she said, I have to be careful who I say this to, but from reading what he said about you, I feel like I can say this to you. She said, I know he's not in pain anymore, and it's a little bit of a relief for his dad and I because we have not gotten one night of sleep since he was 15 years old because we just always worried, you know, like what's the call we're going to get or what's going to happen or, you know, are we being too hard on him and are we not watching him enough? And, you know, it just it broke my heart. It broke my heart, and I just think that, there's so many people struggling. And sometimes, you know, it's hard. It's hard as humans to know when, you, when you're when you driving down the road and there's someone who has a sign that says that they, they need help or whatever. It's hard to differentiate. Who's, who's being honest? Who's really who? But I think a lot of life just starts with communication. Well, and a simple conversation. Yeah. And some, some grace. That's your word. That's that. Not about me, but about just... Um, this kid had a pretty remarkable life, in honesty. Like, the AJC wrote about him three or four times, and his mom's very, very tuned in and had written a couple of blog posts about just what society does with people who don't have a lot of hope. I know if you are listening to the podcast and you're dealing with that with anybody, that it is a tough road. And you know what? You just have to keep the lines of communication open and um, just never, ever, ever think that a simple hello or you know sometimes if you say to someone how's it going you might get a little more than you bargained for and you're like oh why did I ask you know but sometimes you need to ask and um this proved it to me so it's a is a very weird if I'm being honest it, it's kind of haunted me for the past weeks it's a very strange circle that's I'm not even giving enough justice to by talking about it it's just been a very strange situation because I've thought about and more of the puppy, just because it was just absolutely the cutest puppy. And the weird thing about the whole situation is 
there's a go there was a GoFundMe for the dog because they wanted and they talked about this beautiful Dalmatian puppy because in the obituary because they wanted to turn the dog into a service dog. Um, because he was, you know, he's really an animal. So again, kindness matters. Take that with you. Not all the silliness. And, uh, Dirtiness. From this episode, yeah. Sorry. All right, audio from this episode. We've got to do some credits. Capital, uh, Capital Nashville, CMT, Netflix, and NBC. Our thanks to executive producer Carl Appen. I feel like we should tell a joke or something. Uh, you know what? Listen, this, it, we, we, we say, and we're not kidding, we say this This, this is real. This is real. And well, next episode we'll have the story about the Christian man who pants to pe- the referee. The Republican senator. From, from Tennessee, Johnson City, yes. He was at his, yeah, well, quick tease. Yes. He, uh, I love, he's my hero. I love people that pants. Okay. If you don't know what that is, <laughs> be with us next episode. Because I have been, people have gotten me back. Uh, yeah, famously. Um, but pants, uh, yeah, look it up, but be here next episode because we're going to tell the story about, uh, maybe it wasn't a senator, I think it was a state representative from Johnson City. And he's at his son's high school basketball game. He goes to a Christian school. It's two Christian schools playing each other. <laughs> and there's a call the dad who's the republic who, who's a republican so representative. Now you're, you just tell the story. Uh no, we're out of time. Uh, he, he gets pissed. The dad at the call the ref makes, and he storms down the bleachers, out on the court, <laughs> and tries to pants the referee, <laughs> and he misses. He misses the pants. How do you miss? How do you miss a pants? And he's tossed from the game. Did he get? Did he get a hold of him oh, and tugged got, him? Got to be here next episode. Well, next episode we're going to tell your pants story when oh, you, when yeah. you got pantsed. But I mean, I just want to know, like, did he did he have a hold of them? Did he tug them? They just didn't come down. All of that revealed next episode. Wow. Of the I'll be back. Jack, my second act podcast. I will be back. Our thanks to executive producer Carl Appen. Subscribe to the letter. Uh, da, 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 blah blah. Uh, production assistance from Steve Mitchell and Ingo Studios. Production assistance from Steve Mitchell and Ingo Studios in Atlanta. New episodes on Tuesday and Thursday of Cadillac Jack, My Second Act. We are proud to be part of the Appen Podcast Network as long as they'll have us after this episode. (laughs) Maybe doing the shit on our own next time. (laughs) 